You're listening to media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. We are a multi-generational, Jesus-centered community of Scripture, faith, and grace located in Tallahassee, Florida, on the campus of Florida State University. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. We hope that the next few moments are a time when God speaks into your life by the power of His Holy Spirit about His Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three, and One who comes in order to bring us not legalism, but hope. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there are a lot of readings where it feels really ironic to end a gospel reading with, this is the gospel of the Lord, but I think this one trumps them all. In fact, all of these readings seem to have something in them that's just a little bit too confrontational for us. It's a little bit much. You know, we, we went from Jesus being the bread of life, and that was all nice, and, and, and it seemed like everything was kind of coming together for us, and now all of a sudden we're back here in the Gospel of Mark, and we're, we're reading crazy things out of Ephesians that, that seem to, to kind of not jive with us, and, and we're reading out of Isaiah how people are blind and deaf and they can't see and they can't hear, and that psalm is, is very, very heavy, and there, there's all of this stuff that is very, huh, it, it's heavy this week. It, it's filled with these, these questions about laws and about what we do and about all of that kind of stuff, and it seems like such a bad way to start off a semester. You know, and part of me, like we, we follow this the, this ancient thing called the lectionary, where where all of all of the the um, the, the Bible readings are, are sort of pre-assigned for us, and um, and, and yet this week I was kind of like, oh, can we get something else? Because man, like, these are these are challenging, challenging texts, because they 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 get at some of what we do, and they get at some. Uh, at what we believe and, and what we believe wrongly sometimes. And so to get us started, I'm going to start off with a story that uh, is really just kind of you eavesdropping into a conversation that I had with Cricket, my six-year-old. So we were driving to school this week, and Cricket was telling me that she had a spelling test, and uh, she was going to have to spell a hundred different words. And uh, and Cricket, being the the already sort of seeing the signs that she's a a little achiever, uh, she she was saying, "Oh, it's going to be so easy." And she she was almost uh, sort of like, "Oh, bummer! It's going to be so easy." And, and to, to which I, I was like, you know, Cricket, that's actually what tests are supposed to be. Tests are supposed to be this sort of moment where, where you have an a opportunity to show what you've learned. There's supposed to be this, this uh, opportunity for you to just kind of, uh, kind of go, okay, this is what I know. Uh, tests aren't necessarily supposed to be hard. So tell your professors that uh, this week. Yeah, it's syllabus week coming up. Just yeah, yeah my, my, my pastor told me tests are not supposed to be hard. But the reason that they're not supposed to be hard is not because, well, they're supposed to be easy. The reason that they're not supposed to be hard is because the work of school 
and this is the conversation that we had, the work of school, Cricket, is learning. And tests are simply supposed to be there to show that you have learned something. Tests are supposed to be there to show that you know what's going on, that you've actually done the learning, and so they're supposed to be easy in, in that sense. And, and yet so often, we become sort of legalistic about our grades. We become legalistic about, you know, that A that we're supposed to get. We, we get legalistic about the fact that we're supposed to not get anything less than a C. Otherwise, well, things are going to be bad and I'm going to lose my bright futures and everything is going to go down the tubes. Or, or maybe if you're not a student, maybe there's something else that you tend to be legalistic about. Maybe it's how much money you're making. Maybe it's you know, how, how many people really like you. Maybe it's uh, all sorts of different things. But we end up getting legalistic about you know, these things that are supposed to tell us that something is going on inside of us. And so we start sort of studying for the test. Not necessarily studying for the fact that we're supposed to be learning something, but rather that we're, supposed, that we're studying for the test. We're studying for this thing that we know that is coming up. And that becomes legalism. And that kind of legalism is what we encounter here in this text from Mark. Now, now it's really interesting in the Gospel of Mark, what Mark is doing here. Now, if you don't know anything about how Mark writes, uh, Mark writes in this way that's very quick. It's very fast-paced. It's sort of like listening to, Quint, uh, to uh, Quentin Tarantino when, when you hear him talk. It's just, uh, he talks really, really, really fast, and that's sort of how Mark writes. He, he writes really, really fast, and his favorite word is immediately, and he, he wants to get you all the way through all of this stuff so that he can finally get you to the cross. That's what Mark wants to do. But here, Mark Mark stops almost to give you this weird historical note about what Pharisees wash. Right? Yeah, he, he's like, the Pharisees go up to, the, to Jesus and he's like, why don't your disciples wash their hands? Now, what he's meaning about washing their hands is not, you know, getting Purell out. What he's meaning is, is that there was a ritual hand washing that the people would have done. There, it would have been pouring water over your right or your left hand two to three times at a time and then saying a little blessing. So it didn't take a whole lot of time. It wasn't like the disciples were like, oh, well, you know, I, I just didn't have time. But, but rather, you know, they, they, they were pointing something out, which, you know, that something shows up in my life. Because in my life, what that is, is I was brought up as a little kid to know that every time before a meal, I had to say grace. I, I had to, to, you know, stop and go, oh, thank you, God, for giving me this food. And I found out later on that that's not everybody. And so what happened was I started going to lunch with people. Now, I haven't been going to lunch with a lot of people here recently. You probably haven't been either. But I'm sure that you maybe can remember the first time that maybe you had this experience. Maybe you were the person who was praying or maybe you were the person who wasn't. But there was this experience where the food gets set down by the server and one of you starts throwing french fries in their mouth. And, and you start throwing french fries in your mouth, and the other one, the, 
the legalist, the pietist, the person that you don't like it says, oh, c- can I pray for our food? To which you go, mm-hmm. And then you feel really bad about your seven. You're like, oh, that legalist. Well, for, for me, I found that out. I, I was like, oh, that's probably not a good thing for me to do because, you know, the, the win here is not that I pray before the food gets eaten. The win here is that I'm recognizing that God has given me a great gift in this food. The win for me is to recognize that there, there is something to be thankful for here. The win here is the gratitude. It's not that I'm forcing this other person to pray. But how quickly do things slip into legalism? How quickly do things slip into this sort of sense of like, oh, okay, well, that's the rule, and I'm supposed to follow the rule, and let me just follow the rule. And there's a reason that we follow the rule, right? There's a reason that we follow these legalistic rules. It isn't that we're just sort of, you know, legalistic at heart, because most of us, you know, if I accuse you of being a legalist, you go, oh, not me. I don't like any rules, But the reason that you do follow those rules and even sometimes make them into legalistic rules is because they're helpful, right? So so we know that we're supposed to do certain things with our life. We're supposed to be grateful for things. We're supposed to be grateful for the food that we eat. We're supposed to be grateful for all sorts of stuff. We even recognize that we're supposed to do things like reading the Bible. We we even recognize that, that we're supposed to do all sorts of other stuff. And so what we do is we come up with systems that help us to do those things. And so the system to help us be grateful for our food is, okay, we're going to stop and we're going to say this prayer. And, and depending on what tradition of Christianity you come from, maybe that's the same prayer every time. Can I get a come Lord Jesus be our guest? Let these gifts to us be blessed, right? And there's even people that fight about, is it, you know, um, these gifts or thy gifts, whatever. It turns into that legalism of, of oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm just supposed to pray, not be grateful. Or, or maybe it's about the, the Bible reading thing. And so you come here, and we read the Bible to you. Christine did a great job. She read the Bible to you, and you heard it, and you were like, check. <laughs> Done. And, and so it's helpful. We, we come up with these things that are helpful, but when we miss out on what those things are supposed to be doing inside of us, they begin to take on a weird Frankensteinish life of their own. They begin to become these sort of weird zombie habits that we do and we don't know why we do them. And for many of us, we've even stopped questioning why we do them. I mean, you're looking at a guy who is currently dressed up as a Roman senator. Yeah, did you know that that's what, where this outfit comes from? Yeah. Have you asked that question recently? Why is that man in a dress? Maybe, maybe not. But the idea behind this thing is that it's supposed to show you who is preaching the word. And in, in fact, the, the sort of idea that it's supposed to bring across to you is that I'm covered in the word. 
that, that I'm covered in who Jesus is, and all you can kind of see is my floating head. And there's all sorts of other stuff that, you know, maybe at this point you have to go, mm, well, ah, that's kind of a legalism for me. And sometimes those things are, you know, they're negligible in terms of the damage that they do. You know, maybe you can look at me and you can just be like, Pastor Jay likes to dress weird on Sundays. That's his thing. I I don't care. But when it gets to what's going on with these Pharisees, you see how far this can go. So so Mark tells us about this weird thing called Corbin. Uh, And and Corbin is sort of an, an early tax loophole. Yeah, so so the, the Pharisees and their CPAs came up with this. Uh, basically, w- what's going on here is that uh, Jesus says, Jesus tells them, you're supposed to take care of your mother and your father. That is what Moses told you. But, but they figured out this loophole where they said, okay, well, I don't have to take care of them if I call this Corbin. If I say, boop, this is set apart in this account. Now, to you, that probably sounds like, hmm, why would they do that? Like, how much do they hate their mom and their dad? <laughs> um, but, but that's not what it's about. What it's about for the Pharisees is that the more money that they donate to the temple, the greater social status they arrive at. And we all know how important social status can be for some folks. And that is what's going on here. So they go, okay, so I can steal money from what I would normally use to take care of mom and dad and I can use that to become an influencer. I can use that to become somebody who's got this power. I can use that to become somebody who's got this, this ability that people will look at me and they'll, they'll think that I'm popular. They'll, they'll think that I'm great. They'll, they'll think that I'm somebody to emulate. And for them, that's worth it. That's worth mom and dad not having the greatest quality of life. And it all starts with a legalism. With a legalism that says, this isn't about loving your mother and your father. This is about what you're commanded to do. You're supposed to love your mother and your father. And well, if that's just a command, if that doesn't have anything to do with actual love, well, then, of course, you're going to find this kind of weird loophole. You're going to find this weird thing that you can do, and you can sort of justify yourself, and you can say, okay, well, I'm all right. This is Corbin. This is legal. This is technically within the lines of what needs to happen. You know, there's this interesting moment that we all experience when we talk about legalism because most of us start off from this point where we go, we're not a legalist. But then after a little bit, you start to recognize where you've been legalistic yourself. You start to recognize those, those rules that you like to bring up. You start to recognize those, those laws that you like to say, well, this justifies the reason that I do X, Y, or Z. You start to come up with, uh, this is uh, sort of the law of who I am, even. Yeah, so, so I don't do that because uh, this is who I am, and I'm not that, and that's my law, and so that is my legalism. I'm not going to move out of that because this is my rule. Sometimes we, 
move into the legalism of, of sort of uh, the, this sense of, well, I need to get something out of it, right? Uh, we, we get into this legalism of, oh, well, you know, um, I need something to come back at me. This is sort of a karma deal, and I need something to fill me up if I'm going to do something myself. And that's a legalism as well. And there's all sorts of those little kind of legalisms in our lives. And sometimes they can be, you know, pretty negligible in terms of the damage that they're doing, but they can grow. They can grow and they can grow and they can get to the point that Isaiah is talking about, that God is talking about through Isaiah when he says you've become blind and you become deaf you're looking at my word and you don't even realize what's going on on the page. I had this professor who uh, one time had the, this great extra credit question. He, he, he asked me uh, on, on this test, you know, what page number <laughs> was this, I was an English major, was this particular scene on? To which I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What page number? But so often, that's our legalism. That's a perfect picture of our legalism. We, we study scripture and we go, I'm concerned with the page number. I'm concerned with you know, the, the color scheme on the PowerPoint slide instead of, well, what this is actually trying to teach me. And what Jesus is trying to teach us here is that legalism isn't ever going to bring us hope. Legalism is just going to leave us another rule to follow. It's going to leave us another thing that we're supposed to do. It's never going to get us to that point where we feel like we have this freedom to do something. You know, there's this, this weird dichotomy that happens a lot of times in, in certain Christian circles where people separate um, uh, faith and religion. And they'll, they'll say, oh, religion is bad. And, and I, I think that's unhelpful. And they go, oh, really? Person who's dressed like a Roman, centuri- or Roman senator. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and so the, there's kind of this moment, though, where, where you start going, what really matters is not just the inside or the outside, because religion is the outside, right? It's the stuff that we do. Faith is the inside. It's the stuff that we believe. And what really matters there isn't the inside or the outside. It's that those two things are happening together. It's like a heartbeat. How does your heartbeat sound? Well, it should sound the thump, the thump. And you have a problem if your heartbeat sounds like the thump. <laughs> because then your heart is seized up. <laughs> there, there's also another problem if your heart just goes, because then you're dead. It's got to be both, it's got to be the th- thump and the silence. The faith and the religion, the hope and the action. That's what Christ brings to us. He brings to us this freeing moment where he gives us a hope 
that rejects a legalism, rejects, rejects a, a way of looking at the world that's all about the externals, but that focuses on the internals and what they do in our lives. And so may you this week go out recognizing that God has given you a faith and a hope and a good news in his son who has died on the cross to forgive you of your sins so that you don't have to worry about the legalism over those sins. But rather that you can recognize the freedom that he has given you in his son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. If you would like to financially support more media from University Lutheran, please visit our website and click the Give Now button which will enable you to engage in the Christian discipline of giving tithes and offerings to God through his church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Lord,